but it is so good to be here, and uh, none of them knew uh, what I was going to preach. My dad may have caught wind of it because I talk about stuff and I get excited about it in preparation, but none of the other ministers knew, and they've been all over it, and that makes me feel good because I know God is going to do something here tonight, and uh, I just want to say this. This is not even anything to do with my message, but you know when the devil is trying to fight because he will. He'll try to fight what they've all been talking about. And he'll try to thwart that plan and stop it. But I was thinking about the wise men when they were going to see Jesus to worship him, just like we're doing here tonight. There was a man that said he wanted to see him, but he had ill intentions, just like the enemy will. But wise men and wise women just go on to the house of God. And they go to worship. And after that experience of worship, the Bible says a simple little phrase that, that God warned them after they worshiped. And they departed into their own country another way. If the devil is trying to mess up the plan, you still go on and worship. And you go home a different way than you came. It's not God's will for us to come in here tonight and go this home the same way we came. We got to go home another way. I'm going to be reading from Matthew 11 tonight. And while you're turning there, I want to say thank you to Pastor Goff and their family. He was talking about those dating days. I still remember that. And uh, I still remember little bits and pieces of it. And uh, I've always loved them. And I'll just say this, I've never had to question their walk with God. And that's the best compliment I know how to pay you. A lot of people, you kind of look, and sometimes you're not sure, but somebody that you just know is always faithful. And I appreciate you for that. Thank you, Pastor Riggin, for hosting this, New Life, all the ministry. I've got so many good friends, and uh, I know the kind of quality of preachers that are behind me tonight, and uh, quality of preachers that come through here, and uh, that humbles me. And I'm very, very grateful for this opportunity. Thank you again for everything. I do have to say a special shout-out to somebody in the pew, and that's Sister Mullins. It's been a long time since I've seen her. And uh, she taught me school. as She was my substitute teacher when I was little. And so I have to give her, I'm very studious now. I love to read, love to write, and I have to say thank you. And that transitions right into my mom, my dad, my pastor, pastor's wife, my baby sister, uh, I can't talk about it long or I'd get emotional, so I'm just going to say I wouldn't be here without them. And I love them very much. I've got friends all throughout the congregation, so I'm not looking over you, but I, you know that I love you, and I'm looking forward to fellowship afterward. Matthew 11, and verse 11, says, Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And I just want to point out that you have the potential to do more than John the Baptist. And you may not believe that right now, but before the message is over, I sure hope you do. Verse 12, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. I just want to point out there that suffereth violence is 
Suffereth and violence is the same word. And we think, I know at least I, I never looked into this quite to this level, but those two words mean that it presses. So the Bible's simply saying that the kingdom of heaven is pressing. These opportunities of revival and teaching in denominational churches, that's the kingdom of heaven pressing. And the violent there means energetic. And the force there means to snatch or to seize. So it's saying that the kingdom of heaven is pressing. And those that are energetic about it are going to snatch it. They're going to seize it. From the days of John the Baptist until now. From Bible times, I'm not going to go into the history, but we know that's about 30 and a half years. So, that's what I'm going to talk to tonight. I'm going to preach. I'm preaching to everybody, but I'm preaching to you that are about 30-ish and under. 1 Timothy 4 and 10. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach. Verse 12. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. Who is going to be an example? The youth. And I know you're standing, but I want to tell you this before I let you be seated. There was a man... Some of you may have known or heard about him, George Bernard Shaw, born in 1856, an Irishman. He moved to London, famous author. And one time he was asked the question, what is the most beautiful thing in the world? And his answer was, youth is the most beautiful thing in the world. And that's not too bad of an answer, but he followed that up by saying, and what a pity it is that it is wasted on the children and throughout the years that expression evolved a little bit and it became youth is wasted on the young anyone heard that statement the problem is this man that it's the first attributed to mr. Shaw also believed also was I guess he didn't believe it but he was an atheist and uh, his perception was all messed up and he prescribed to the idea that a youth wouldn't have the wisdom to take their energy and do something. He didn't realize that youth could have a guide and a road map in the form of the Bible and the Holy Ghost that would help you do greater works than John the Baptist. He didn't realize that. And Mr. Shaw was upset at young people for wasting their youth. And I understand that through the lens he was looking at them at. But I bet he never picked up his Bible and read, Let no man despise thy youth. And I bet he didn't ever read that the energetic can take it by force. Let me ask you a question tonight. If you had to say what age group, over 30 or under 30, has the most energy, who would you say? Under 30. I believe we all could agree with that. If you have more energy and you're over 30, you're on some kind of special something that you might want to share. But I've just come to throw the idea out that Mr. Shaw prescribed tonight because the Bible says the energetic can take it by force. And so for the next few minutes tonight, I want to preach youth really doesn't have to be wasted on the young. Your energy doesn't have to be wasted as a young person. Normally when you give... 
a counter idea to a main idea, you need to talk about both and, and synthesize it at the end. But I'm just throwing it out the window, Mr. Shaw's idea. I'm just giving you the thesis, backing it up, and then I'm going to give you a call to action. If we can raise our hands right now, let's ask God to move in this place. Jesus, I love you tonight, God. I praise you, God. Come on, if you know how to pray, if you know how to, if you have any energy at all, let's give it to God tonight. He'd call you. Oh, that's feeling pretty good. Let's sit up a little more praise. God, I love you. Praise the Lord. Everybody say amen. amen. You're going to help me tonight. You can be seated. If not, you have to use a little more energy and stand. When Pastor Goff called me for this, for, to invite me to come tonight, this scripture in Matthew 11 was immediately dropped in my heart. And as any preacher knows, you just get a thought and then you got to start putting meat on it. You got to start praying. And it was as I started to, to study this and think about it in my everyday, I started seeing this storyline of the energetic, of heaven pressing and the energetic responding to it in every story in the Bible and in every day and action and in our church and in every service. I've been, ever since you invited me, I've just been seeing it. And uh, so with that said, I can't preach every thought that came to me tonight. And everybody said, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I've cut out probably over two times what I'm going to preach and I may still cut out some more. But, uh, the struggles in every story of the Bible. It's in everyday life. So I started, okay, square one. Jesus is talking about John, or as we call him distinctly, John the Baptist. And he says, you see, uh, John was from the days of John, that 30 and a half years. And this was John's mission in life. And so when Jesus said, from the days of John the Baptist until now, I know there's significance because it was saying this is a special time of the kingdom of heaven pressing. And I'll just add, it's never stopped. And when you find this, there's a man, this man-child, John the Baptist. He had this deep understanding of his mission. He was only going to live a short time. And his youth had to matter. His youth couldn't be wasted on the young. And we find that John was asked to identify his mission in John 1 and 22. They said unto him, Who art thou, that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? When you are going through this world and you look different and you're energetic about the things of God, you're going to be asked, What's this, What is it about you? What's different? What is this peace that you're talking about that comes into our services? And John answered and understood. Because, he answered because he understood clearly. He said in verse 23, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. He didn't even say his name was John. He said, this is what I'm here for. My identity is my mission. I'm crying as the one in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. In other words, he had a clear understanding of what his youth was supposed to be. And let me just go ahead and tell you tonight from the beginning that this world is opening their way up for the opportunity to share Jesus. And the best thing you can do with your youth 
is prepare the way for Jesus. You don't have to wait until you're old and until your youth's gone to prepare the way for Jesus because your youth doesn't have to be wasted. Look at your neighbor and say, your youth doesn't have to be wasted. So continuing with John, we find another place in the Word of God that John was still in the womb. We're talking mega young, like not even born yet young. And when Mary came to visit Elizabeth, she was carrying the one that Elizabeth's baby was to prepare the way for. And it says that when Mary came to visit with that, she was carrying something. It was God in flesh. It was Jesus Christ. It was the eternal hope of glory. That everlasting Father. That Prince of Peace. And the Bible says that even the baby John, catch this, the not fully developed John, the growing John, the John that wasn't even ready to face the real world on his own, the John that was still dependent on his mother, the John that didn't even have teeth, the John that didn't even know how to say a word, the John that didn't even know how to say the name Jesus, much less preach repentance. That John that was exceedingly young, we find him in Luke 141 when Mary came and Elizabeth heard her salutation. The babe, John, leaped within her womb. That baby was excited about Jesus. When the kingdom of heaven started pressing, John said, I may be young, but I'm violent. I'm energetic about Jesus. I may be in the womb, but I'm going to be an example. I may not be ready to preach yet, but I can get with the preacher. I may not can sing, but I can worship. I may still need my parents, but I can change my world. I may not have my driver's license, but I can knock a door. I may be young, but I'm not going to waste my youth. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord right now. But Brother Caleb, the, I, the deal is, you don't understand, John was something extra special. He was Jesus' cousin. And you mean... Oh, yeah, you mean the one that Jesus ended up not even coming to see when he was in prison and he lost his head for his sake. Yeah, I should have remembered that. He didn't have to deal with any questions. He didn't ever have to overcome anything. I'm sorry, I forgot to leave that part out. But Brother Caleb, uh, John's dad was a, pre a priest, so he grew up in a preacher's home and he had it easy because he was in the preacher's home. Oh, yeah, I forgot to... Uh, Zacharias, you mean he was the son of that one that couldn't even believe God for his own son. And his ministry was hampered for nine months because he couldn't speak. But that was John. And he is the only one that could prepare the way for Jesus. I, I can't do that. Oh, you mean that John that Jesus said concerning him, greater works than these shall ye do. You mean that John. So I guess you better just go ahead and sit down your big goals and you better just be quiet and you better just take it easy while you're young and you probably better not let and you probably better just go ahead and let people despise your youth 
and not be that example because you're right, you aren't John. No, you're more than John. Greater works than these shall you do. I've come to tell you tonight that I don't care where you are, how old you are, what you've done, who your family is, you can do something for Jesus Christ. Oh, clap your hands to the Lord if you believe that. I'm sorry, don't tell me that children can't worship and that they can't be energetic. It's not just a game with them. Have you ever stopped to consider that they're coming in contact with their purpose and who they're supposed to prepare the way for? There was nothing extra special about John's flesh. It was just that he understood from day one, before my first birthday, I'm going to be preparing the way. I'm going to get excited about the things of God. That's why I don't care how young they are. And if they can't even stand up and they have to hold on to the side of the pew and do one of these numbers, you let them worship because they're coming in contact with the one they need to serve the rest of their life. One of you may ought to stand up and grab the side of the pew and do one of those little things right there. Because Jesus is worth it. You may be seated. Let me talk to you about the mothers for a minute now. Mary was young and Elizabeth was old. Elizabeth was old. So she probably was the element of society that has thought of having it together. And you know that age that is qualified to take heaven by force. You know that age. You know about it, don't you? All you older people know that you have to be a certain age and then the devil just stops fighting you. And he says, well, you're old enough now, so I'll let you go ahead and take heaven by force because, you know, you're old enough. You know about it, don't you? You see, young people, that is the lie. He says if when you get old enough, you can do something. But see, when you're married... You're told you're too young. And when you're Elizabeth, you're too old. And when you're in the middle, you're too busy. But why waste your youth while you're young? Just get in there right now and lend a hand to the master. There's no perfect age. Every age is perfect. If you have one drop of energy, if you have one breath, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let me tell you what Elizabeth was carrying. She was carrying John. John had purpose, but he wasn't Jesus. Elizabeth carried potential, if you will, but she wasn't carrying Jesus. You see, what happens when someone meets with potential meets someone with Jesus? The Bible says that not only did the, lady, the babe leap within her womb, but Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Elizabeth, in turn, started carrying her purpose in Jesus, too. They both left the encounter carrying their purpose and carrying Jesus. Let me tell you, you just can't carry your youth. You can't just carry talents and abilities. If you don't carry it with Jesus, if you don't get fired up and give it to Jesus, it'll mess, end up messed up. It'll end up perverted. Every talent, every reason you carry a talent is to carry Jesus right alongside it. I know everyone under the sound of my voice tonight has abilities, and you have energy, and you have vibrance, but you need the Holy Ghost down in your soul, just like the Bible says. 
You've got to carry Jesus along with your talents and your smarts and your abilities. You've got to carry Jesus. You see, because just like what is happening tonight, the kingdom of heaven was pressing that day. And it was in the form of a wide-eyed, young, expecting mother. But Elizabeth and John said, it doesn't matter how young, I'm still in the womb. I don't know how old I am. I'm going to take it by force. I'm going to get excited when I see Jesus coming. Don't be shocked at the way it looks. Don't be shocked that it may be in the form of a wide-eyed mother. It may be Jesus pressing. As I go to work every day, I can't be dumbfounded by their messed up hair and their whacked out clothes because that might be an opportunity that Jesus is pressing. And it's my job to take it by force. If I will gladly carry Jesus with my talents, what can come of it? If we are to be so effective in the kingdom as young people, and we want to be that, right? Why so many times are we not? And I'm not here to play Debbie Downer because I know that I'm supposed to, my job tonight, God already told me my job is to make you believe you can. So I'm not, this is not a negative part of the message, but I have to ask you, if we know we can, why do we not? If you will grant me just a few more minutes tonight, I want to preach about it. You see, we must combat the devil who tries to convince us that our youth doesn't matter. The devil is after our energy and after our passion. He not only wants to steal it, but he wants to kill it and he wants to destroy it. Worldly influences are in competition with us to get their, their hands on the things of God. You see, it is important to note that the Bible does not say that the spiritual take the kingdom of heaven by force. It doesn't say that. It doesn't even say that Pentecostals will take the kingdom of heaven by force. It says the violent, the energetic. Listen closely. I'm not saying that the hell can prevail against the church. That's not what I'm saying. But if you let the enemy in your personal life be more energetic than you are, he can take, the devil will take the kingdom of heaven and he'll take it by force and you'll never get an opportunity to get your hands around it. That's why I come to church with the praise on my lips. I come to church with my hands in the air. If you let the devil get more energy than you and get more passion than you and put up more of a fight than you and outsmart you, you'll watch as he snatches the kingdom of heaven right out of your hands. I'm passionate about it because I've seen one way too many friends walk out and people wonder why. Why did it just all that? No, it didn't just happen in that one time, that one week, that one day. It was weeks of apathy. It was weeks of coming to church and not taking it by force. As a babe desiring that sincere word from God. And I'm saying every word that comes out, I'm snatching it up and I'm putting it in my life. I'm not letting it hit the back wall back there. Every word that's preached across this pulpit, I'm taking it up. Have you ever heard the expression, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. You can be seated. And young people, I understand that people do not wake up and say, I want to waste my youth. I've never heard one person say, I want my life to not matter. 
I've heard them say it doesn't matter. My life doesn't count. But I've never heard anybody say, I want this. Let me tell you something about the spirit world. The kingdom of heaven is pressing, but so is hell. And they're energetic about it. They're not happy until every bit of the kingdom of heaven is ripped right out of your life. That's why you've got to keep the fight on to be focused. Put your energy in the right spot. But see, when heaven presses in, and on an environment that is filled with fallen and sinful humanity, things get messy. And things, you have to suffer some violence sometimes when you're energetic about the kingdom of God. It's by the very nature of it pressing in, other things are being pushed out. And it's uncomfortable because you have to let go of some things that are priceless to you sometimes. But you got to have your hands free. You can't serve two masters. you got to take in the kingdom of heaven. And those that are not prayed up won't understand your energy. And I'm just telling you right now, when you're passionate about the things of God, you are going to be made fun of. You're going to be misunderstood. You may suffer some violence for taking in the kingdom of heaven. You say, well, how do I know when the kingdom of heaven is pressing? Here's the good indicator of it. When you're doing everything that you know to do, and you're putting everything you have into your everyday prayer life, and you're coming to service, and you're giving God everything you have, and you're suffering, you might take a note that the kingdom of heaven is pressing in. The kingdom of heaven is pressing down this place tonight. But I didn't get here this week just because I had a good idea. I've been attacked in the mind this week. And I've had to pray it through this week. And I've had to study because if the kingdom of heaven is going to come. And it's your, his will is going to be done. It takes something on your end. You've got to be violent about it. Let me tell you this about the kingdom of heaven pressing. You're never at a more vulnerable time when the king, than when the kingdom of heaven's pressing. You're never more apt to want to give up than when the kingdom of heaven is in your, within your reach. Because it can feel like you're the one losing your youth for no avail. You may not have got a full handle on it yet, and people are laughing because you just keep reaching for thin air. You just keep praying and nothing's happening. And you're never at a more apt time to give in than when the kingdom of heaven is right there, than when Jesus is on their way. I'm still preaching your youth doesn't have to be wasted. You start trying to take the kingdom of heaven by force, but it isn't for the faint of heart. And in those moments when your miracle is the closest, you may, may feel the most confused and the most misunderstood. I could tell you stories and I won't get into it tonight. But I can tell you stories in the last two or three years as God's opened up door after door for me. How many things that I've had to go through. And I'm, we all have, okay? I'm not, this is the people. I'm, I'm the one preaching, so I'm just, telling, it's my, I'm just telling my story. And things that I, five times I felt alone and misunderstood by some people that I was the closest to. And you may have things happen in this pressing time that years later you still don't, can't explain away. We're so quick to want an answer, but sometimes you never get an answer for why I had to go through that. Why I had to suffer that. Why that happened in my life. Why I still bear these burdens from that time when the kingdom of heaven was pressing. Those moments, you are open for the, you're open to the idea of abandoning it all. Is this too plain? 
This is what it's like when the kingdom of heaven's pressing and revival's being born. It's like travail. Let me talk to you about some of the things the devil will use to give you a substitute when the kingdom of heaven's pressing. Let me tell you about some things that you can't do. Don't give your energy to any cause, even God's, with the goal of it increasing everyone's opinion of yourself. Don't give your energy with what can I get out of this? Because sometimes you may not see it for a long time. Sometimes you may never directly be the recipient of pressing all that energy into it. John the Baptist said over and over, I must decrease and he must increase. John decided that I'm going to live my whole life preparing the way for somebody that's going to forget about me when I'm in prison. And I'm going to get my head cut off for his sake. But it's still worth it. It's still worth it to repair the way for Jesus. Don't give your youth to bitterness or revenge or even trying to get even. You see, it isn't what's done to you that takes your passion. It's what you do about it. The story we all know in the Old Testament was Joseph, and I'm trying to hurry tonight. I'm just trying to bear my soul to you. The story of Joseph, all that suffering that happened was from the ages of 17 till 30. I told you I was preaching to 30 and under tonight. 17 to 30 was all that suffering. All those stories. He lost his coat and became a slave at the hands of his brothers. Sometimes you'll be misunderstood by brothers. But he ended up working for a man named Potiphar. And because he gave all his energy, he was promoted to second in command. And then he was tempted and he didn't give his youth to the wrong influence. But he was still falsely accused. And he went to prison. Who, who was this? A guy that goofed up? A guy that, that was wasting his youth? Wait, no. It was that guy that was doing everything he could to dream big. To have dreams in the kingdom of God. To see the kingdom of God come. So he ends up in prison. And guess what? This is a good time to just not do anything now. But he did everything he could in prison, and he loved others, and he served others even in prison. And he understood that what others meant for evil, God meant for good. And he was helping others to the point that in Genesis 39 and 22, it says, And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. I'm talking about somebody that was so energetic about pleasing God. Even if it is vacuuming floors for people that don't appreciate you and that hate your guts, it's still worth it to vacuum the church. Even when he did all the work and someone else is going to take the glory of it for it anyway. I'm talking about not wasting your youth. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him. Why? Because Joseph was energetic. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. What he did, the Lord made it to prosper. There's something about it when you're energetic and you're submitted to God. And you don't get your feelings all up in everything. That God makes it to prosper. You don't know how. And you don't know where. And I'm in prison. But God's still making what I'm doing prosper. 
And when it came time for questions to be figured out by comrades, he came with a godly answer. He still took time for people and helped them. And when they got promoted, they forgot about him. You ever been there? And he was, when he was asked to have a great position eventually, he didn't take that great position and inflict pain back on other people. But he figured out how he could restore relationships and keep people from starving. There's a starving world out there. We don't have time to take our positions and get all up in our feelings and try to revenge. Because there's a starving world. Don't tell me he was under 30. He got promoted in his youth. I see Josephs all over this building tonight. But I also know that there are young people that you've convinced yourself and you've let the devil convince you that you don't have the power to get the kingdom of heaven. That you don't have the power to pull the kingdom of heaven in. I see it every day with young people. And they give their energy to the wrong things. And it breaks my heart. So I talked to God about tonight. Because I knew I was going to be preaching to young people. And sadly, I've seen way too many that quit giving their energy to God. And if I can prevent it tonight, I want to stop every single one of you from giving your energy to the wrong source. We've got to take heaven by force. It's going to take all your energy. You've got so much potential, but you've got so many distractions. You've got so many things that you can pursue. You see, because sin offers you a substitute for everything God gives you. It isn't the same. It isn't as good, but it is a substitute. In the last few minutes of this service tonight, I just wrote down in prayer as things God gave to me. Things that I've seen young people walk out with from God, walk out away from God over. Can I just talk to you about them? Before you invest your energy in politics, let me tell you about how you can help the one whose shoulders carry the government. Before you give your youth to the military, let me tell you about how you can serve the captain of the Lord's army that's never lost a battle. Before you give all your energy to a career, let me tell you how you can take a yoke upon you that's easy and that's light. Before you give all your energy to a relationship, let me tell you about the one that made you to have communion with you and perfect fellowship. Before you invest in friends that may let you down, let me tell you about the one that will never leave you or forsake you. Before you give all your energy to sports, let me tell you how you can live life with the one that's never lost. Before you chase the perfect return on your time and money, let me tell you about God's plan that when you reap, you're going to sow. It's perfect. It's generous. Before you let every drop of your energy go to education, and I'm a proponent of it. I'm in grad school. But before you do that, let me encourage you to invest your mind in the one that holds all wisdom in his hand. Before you invest all your resources trying to appeal to a world that doesn't even care, let me tell you about a father who never stops caring. 
before you hide your youth with jewelry and tattoos, let me tell you about the one who you can pursue where, where he made you perfect. Come on, let's reach out to God. Before you lose your youth in fear and addicted to prescription drugs to cope, let me tell you about a perfect love that casts out all fear. Before possessions make you walk away sorrowful and waste your youth, you rich young ruler, let me tell you about you can invest everything in the kingdom. It may be hard to do, but with God all things are possible. Before you spend every minute thinking about actors, let me tell you about the one that's always transparent and whose reality is way better than any fiction. Before you become addicted to any chemical, let me tell you about how the kingdom of heaven that you can take by force is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace and joy, and the Holy Ghost. Before you lend all your time and getting screwed up with worldly authors and you think in earthy terms and they will debase your mind, let me tell you about a book that is forever settled in heaven and you can take it by force. Before you invest your youthful energy on hating other success, let me introduce you to a God that has the very hairs of your head numbered. Before you waste your youth on value, valuable time studying topics like evolution, know that in the beginning God created you and he has a purpose for you. Before you let all your energy become consumed with trying to change who you are and what you look like, let me tell you about a God that you can praise that made you fearfully and wonderfully made and marvelous are his works and your soul can know them right well. Before you spend your life trying to cover every mistake that you've ever made, and that consumes your energy. For let me tell you about God, that for as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Before you seek to have the sympathy of humans for things that you have went through and the times you've been misunderstood, let me tell you that in Psalms 103.13, it says, like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. You don't have to pursue the rest of your life going after worldly attention. This all right. I know I'm taking too long. These are the things, everything I mentioned came to me in prayer because I've seen people lose out with God over it. Before you give all your strength to covering your weaknesses and your lack of skill and your lack of talent in a certain area, let me tell you about how you can invest your energy in someone that knows your frame. He remembers that you are dust. Before you live in your life, subjected to the ideas of Hollywood and taking them, letting them take over your life and you give your energy to them. You let them waste your youth. Let me tell you that you can submit yourself to God. You can resist the devil and he will flee from you. 
Before you dare say that you are going to wait until you're a little older and then you're more equipped when the church is just right and when your city's ready for a revival, whatever that means. Let me tell you about how God promised that you could take the kingdom of heaven by force. He also said, say not, there are yet four months and then the harvest come. Behold, I say up to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields for they are already white with harvest. You can take it by force. Before you sit there tonight and dwell on the fact of how you messed up, let me remind you that Jesus loves the prodigal too. And don't waste your life anymore on righteous living. But if you'll run for him, you can throw your arms around Jesus himself. Get out of the hog pen and run to the Father. Recommit your life to him. If you're a prodigal, his arms are open wide. The best robe is yours to be worn. You can take it by force. Let me also tell you, if you're in the church your whole life, and you sit there and not really taking advantage of what's yours, like the prodigal's older brother, you too need to take it by force. Put your fingertips on it. You can have a party right now. If you're under in the house wondering why you haven't been having a party, this is the Father's answer to you. Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. Just take it by force. Your youth doesn't have to be wasted. Before you sit and let the devil tell you that God is through with you and your energy is a waste, Jesus wants to know you to know this, and my presence is pressing every service. And every day I show you my love. And every day I pour out my blessings. And the kingdom of heaven is yours if you'll just take it by force. Before you feel miserable living for God, know that if you'll just push, it's yours. Before you become bored with life, realize that your youth doesn't have to be wasted on apathy. Before you question why God allowed things to work out the way they did in your life, and you're in the mess that you're in, and you've been broken, you're busted, you're disgusted, people have walked out on you. Know that all things work together for them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. But you have to take it by force. I don't care how bad your past is and what he's asking you to do. Your energy's worth giving it to Jesus. The point is heaven is pressing in on us tonight. And I just have a question for you. Will you take all the youth and energy you have and give it to Jesus? Two musicians will come. This is my call to my generation. We don't just come to these events and these kinds of, hear these kinds of messages and leave empty-handed. It's time to come to an altar and take it by force. When we cry, our, get to the point, when we cry ourselves to sleep, not because of mistakes we've made, but because there wasn't enough hours in the day Tell somebody about Jesus Christ. I fell asleep just the other night, sobbing my eyes out. Because there's so much to do for God. 
I don't have near enough in my hands to show for it. Or we get such a handle on the things of God in services like this that Jesus can trust us to go ahead and prepare the way for him. For him to move in our job, to move in our school. You don't have to waste your youth. It's okay with Bishop Brigham. I asked Josh, Brother Josh, to pop up an image on the screen for me. I don't want to break the spirit of conviction, but I have to tell you about this. I don't know how well you can see it. There's a young man here on the left. His name's Darius. And a few months ago, a young man in our church that suffers from really bad seizures. And he forgets sometimes pertinent information, like conversations he just had with you when he suffers from these things. He invited this kid to church, Darius, because he may not have as much energy as I do, but he just gave it to Jesus. This young man, Darius, on the left, he came a few months ago. I don't remember the date. We've already called, we've nicknamed him Deacon Darius. And I taught him a Bible study just a few weeks ago. I don't even know. And we baptized Darius. And he received the Holy Ghost at youth camp. He started singing in church. He comes by himself. He lives. Hey, he doesn't have the luxury I have. But he just gives it. To Jesus and he lives in a rough neighborhood but he's going to take it by force and he's only 12 but he's going to not waste his youth and this young man you see on the right Darius is left Josiah he's a neighborhood friend and you see, I'm not in that neighborhood. And I would have never met Josiah. Because I'm older and I don't live there. But this is a friend of a young man that's already battled. Joseph Darius has battled. He's been in psych wards already. He's only 12 because hell was pressing. But he's got a hold of something for the first time that he can be in control of. And that he feels peace when he goes to sleep at night. Doesn't matter what's going on in his home. He can hold something close. And so guess what? He's not been tempted to be quiet with it. He told Josiah about it. Just a couple weeks ago, that was us sitting in pastor's office. As him, as he wanted to learn. He said, I want to learn how to teach a Bible study. But he said, as I taught Josiah Bible study, and Josiah comes from another single home. Neither one of them have dads, but they can't control what their dad did. Their dad walked out, but they got something out of Heavenly Father that they could get a hold of. A couple weeks ago, I baptized Josiah in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm done preaching. I preached too long. 
But all I can tell you is, I can't go to one more service with those two guys sitting right there looking at me and waste my time and go to job and keep my mouth shut. If they can take it by force, so can I. So can you. You don't have to waste your youth while you're young. No, Dad. Distractions, things every day at your fingertips that would mess their lives up and that they could take a hold on. See, they've learned they don't have to fight. They're learning this. They don't have to fight against flesh and blood and end up in jail. And they don't have to end up addicted to crack cocaine. In the world, this is how it works. Brother Jared, if you'll help me. They see something they want, and they go to a blows over it. I want to take something by force, but you're in my way. You're a threat to me. It's a fallen man. It's a fallen world. You're a threat to me. I have to beat somebody up, or I have to deal something in myself. I have to cut myself. If you're dealing with thoughts of cutting yourself or committing suicide, that's the devil trying to take force and hold on you. You can lay it down and take force on a God that loves you. You don't have to beat somebody up, but you can come to an altar tonight. We fight against principalities and powers, but you can also take hold on another power, a power not of this world. Take hold on a kingdom that's not made with hand. You can take hold of something that goes to heaven where moth and rust can't corrupt and thieves don't break through and steal. I'm making a desperate plea. They say, oh, you're not, I'm not going to beg you to live for God. I am begging you tonight. You've got to come to this altar and you've got to take hold of it. Don't have to look God in the eye in eternity and say, I was given an opportunity to take it by force and I sat in the pew and I didn't do anything about it. These altars are open. I'm asking for desperate young people that want to take hold on something tonight. You ought to run to this altar. You ought to get a hold of an altar. You ought to ask God, God, I don't want to waste my 